Oh, hello again. <laughs> Good to see you all. I'm just going to say a quick prayer and then I will uh, say what the Lord has put in my heart to share with you today. As dear Lord Jesus, we thank you, Lord, that you are our God, Lord, and you are the one that sees us through anything we go through. I pray you speak to us today, Lord. And I pray, Lord, that these words that are going to come through my mouth, Lord, I pray that they will be your words, not mine. And I pray, Lord, that you will speak to us that you want to speak. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. If you turn with me to the first book of Samuel, chapter 27, I'm going to read just the two first verses of that. First Samuel 27. It says, And David said in his heart, Now I shall perish someday by the hand of Saul. There is nothing better for me than that I should speedily escape to the land of the Philistines, and Saul will despair of me to seek me anymore in any part of Israel. So I shall escape out of his hand. Then David arose and went over with the six hundred men who were with him to Achish, the son of Maok, king of Gath. We did this story with kids, and always when it speaks to the children and speaks to me, and I think, Lord, maybe you want to even speak to other people too, so I thought I'll uh, take just another one of those uh, stories that we did with children. You see, David, David is a very strong man. He is a strong warrior. He is the guy that killed Goliath, the big, massive giant. He was the one that faced him and killed him. He was the one that not even in Israel, but even in the country of Philistines. All the ladies in Israel were singing the song in Philistine. In Gath was heard that Saul killed his thousand, David killed his ten thousands. So it was well known for his strength. His, he was a mighty warrior. And then it says that Saul spoke to his heart. See, when David was speaking to the Lord... He was winning everything that was going in front of him. He was successful. Not only successful, but he was doing what the Lord was leading him to do. But then, he starts speaking to his own heart. And brothers and sisters, when we speak to our own heart, things don't go exactly as the Lord wants them to go. Because instead of putting God first, we put our own heart there, our own understanding, and we think that, well... Let's see how I feel. So David did exactly that. He said, I am going to speak to my own heart. So he's speaking there. Now his focus is taken from his focus in the Lord. He's focusing on the circumstances around him. He's seeing Saul persecuting him, trying to kill him. And as he fights, the city of Ziph, they, they are trying, always spying on him, telling Saul, David is there, David is here. They did it already twice. So David is saying, and what do I do now? But he doesn't say, Lord, what do I do? But he speaks to himself. And he finds himself leaving the country of Israel. And he was a few chapters earlier when he says to Saul that your persecution is making me leave the country. He wasn't, he wasn't willing to leave the country of Israel. But yet, even though he was promised to be a king of Israel, he still leaves the country, goes to the Philistines. Because he's worried that he's going to perish because he decides to speak his own heart. 
I have some verses here. And I was just going to read to you Jeremiah 79. It says, The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? And Proverbs 3, 5 and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. So the strong David that was led by the Lord has come to a point where he's desperate, he's really in a place where he shouldn't be and decides to leave the country because of fear. See, his faith that he had once at this point has turned into fear. Now, fear is not from the Lord, but yet he decides that it's better off if he goes to the land of Philistines, to Gath. So he does that. He takes his 600 men and he goes there. But what he does when he goes there, he does something that is not really what the Lord is leading him to do. He goes and kills people from Amalekites, Gershites, and other small nations around. And he was killing everybody, men, women. And he was going back to, to Achish and saying, look, I've been attacking people around the south of Judah and just lying to him. And he was taking all their spoils. And he was making good friends with, with Achish, with the king of Philistines. So, just a saying that's popped in my mind is that uh, we shouldn't fear of failure. We should fear of succeeding in things that don't matter. And David, he's really succeeding, but in not in the right way. He's killing people. Maybe these little nations were God's enemy, but yet God didn't direct David to do that. He goes and does that. Because he's fallen really, really low. Now, another thing that I wanted to, to mention is that in the chapter where David, where Saul is uh, chasing David, and David twice has a chance to kill Saul. The second time, he takes his spear and he takes his jug of water and he goes away. And this is really high point in David's life. David's life, he thinks... He, he reaches the point where the first time he cuts Saul's uh, robe, but this time doesn't do anything. He just takes a spear and takes the water. And you think, wow, he learned a lesson. Look at him, how strong he is. He is right on the top. But sometimes, oftentimes, when we reach the top, when we are really great victory, there is a great best to come up And David is really even low at this point. Depressed, probably thinking, "Wow, Saul, one day is going to kill me. When he finds me, what I'm going to do? Poor me. <laughs> I'm just going to leave the country. I'm going to run away." And that is not what the Lord said David to do. So when we see the the high point, we we have Elijah. He was in the same place when he goes and kills all the prophets of Baal, 450. You remember the sacrifice when they had to put the sacrifice there. And uh, he actually, Elijah goes to Ahab, King Ahab, and says, Gather all the guys, all the Israelites and the prophets of Baal, gather together. They make their sacrifice ready all day long, calling to their gods to come and 
bring fire down, but it didn't happen. And Elijah teasing him, come on, speak a bit louder, shout a bit more. Maybe he's asleep or he's busy somewhere. And, of course, it doesn't happen because they are false prophets. And Elijah, in the end, he prays a simple prayer, Lord, bring fire upon the sacrifice, and that happens. And everybody turns as the Lord is our God. Elijah sees all 450 prophets, they take them and they kill them. And then Ahab goes and told, tells Jezebel, his wife, his wicked wife, what happened. She says, surely as you did to one of them, Elijah, I'm going to do that to you. And Elijah, instead of thinking, really, I killed 450 prophets of Baal, and you little lady trying to threaten me, are you kidding me? No, he does a runner, he runs away, because he thinks, wow, she's going to catch me, and she's going to kill me for real. And uh, we have, we have, Peter, after having a victory, when Jesus says, who people say that I am, Peter says, uh, they say, some say John the Baptist, some say Jeremiah, one of the prophets. And Peter says, you are the son of the living God. And Jesus says, flesh and blood didn't reveal that to you, Peter, but uh, my father which is in heaven. And late in the same chapter, Peter says, uh, I'm going to read it to you better. <laughs> Let me just read that to you. I'm going to read chapter 16 of uh, Matthew, verses 21 to 23. From that time, Jesus began to show to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders of the chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised the third day. Then Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him, saying, Far be it from you, Lord, this shall not happen to you. But he turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are an offense to me, for you are not mindful of things of God, but things of man. So Peter, after having that revelation, he goes down and says, I'll find a way to save you, Jesus, don't you worry. Some some things in, in hand here. So after a great victory... Often you have great tests, great things to go through. And David had to go through that. Going and killing people and wiping up every evidence so nobody would be able to trace him. And going to the king of Philistines being praised, you have done great. So often we find ourselves in the wrong camp. Instead of trusting what the Lord has done for us, and following him, you say, oh, well, it's getting a bit tough. It's just a bit too much. I mean, yeah, trusting in the Lord is good, but if I could just have a little bit of time outside of what the Lord has called me, just enjoy a little bit more of that. And we find ourselves in the places where we shouldn't be because David is going to have to face something that he didn't have, he didn't have to. Uh, at this point is where... Israelites and Philistines were always fighting and Philistines get gathered together to fight Israel. And King Achish calls upon David. And David goes and shows up there and says, Yes, I will fight with you against Israel, against the nation that was promised that he's gonna be king over them. He decides to join Achish and go and fight the Israelites. God is good. God doesn't allow that to happen. Says David You've gone a bit far. I think I'm going to bring you back. 
So what happens, the Philistines, uh, they reject the princes, five princes of Philistines, they reject David. So Achish has to tell David, look, I can't let you come and fight because they are worried. If you come to the war to fight Saul, you are going to turn back on us. And it joins Saul. So he has to leave, he can't fight against Israel. Now, if you go to chapter 30 of 1 Samuel, I'm going to read first six verses and see what happened. Now it happened when David and his men came to Ziklag on the third day that the Amalekites had invaded the south of Ziklag, attacked Ziklag and burned it with fire, and had taken captive the women and those, the women and those who were there. From small to great, they did not kill anyone, but carried them away and went their way. So David and his men came to the city, and there it was burned with fire. And their wives, their sons, their daughters had been taken captive. And David and the people who were with him lifted up their voices and wept until they had no more power to weep. And David's two wives, Ahinoam, the Jezreelites, and uh, Abigail, the widow of Nabal, the Carmelite, had been taken captive. Now David was greatly distressed, for the people spoke of stoning him, because the soul of all the people was grieved, even man, for every man for his sons and his daughters. But David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. So what happened, David is refused. They won't let him fight against Israelites. So he turns back to the place where King Achish had given him Ziklag. And he goes there. He sees that uh, the f- nobody was there. The city was burned down. The Amalekites, those people that he was going and killing them, they have come back and done almost the same. But they didn't kill anybody. They took their wives and children, their families. They burned the city and they ran away. Now David goes there and he sees He's pretty much lost everything. Not wanted in Israel. Saul wants to kill him. The princes of Philistines, they don't want him. He goes back home. The families are gone. And you think, but at least he had 600 men with him. He will be fine. That's so they wanted to stone him. He was pretty much at the bottom. There was nothing he could possibly do. And this is where the beauty of all of it is true. When we find ourselves right in the bottom, when we find ourselves that we can't do anything anymore, that's what David did. And the last bit of verse 6 says, David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. David saw that it's impossible to do things without God. But with God, everything is possible. So David turns to God. Now, when you, when you think of Everything taken away. You see, we read these things and it sounds like a really interesting story, but these things happened for real. At that time, this was real. David was going through this thing, this period in time. He was going through all these difficulties for real. And being separate from the family, it is quite a hard thing. And as you all know, I have been through some difficult times when there was a war in my country when I was young. And I had to split from my family. First, my brother and his wife and kids, they had been separated from us. The war hits 
couldn't see them anymore. We thought they were dead. And then I joined a team of helping the wounded when I was 16 years old. And I left my mom and dad and my sisters. And I was all on my own. For three days, it was dreadful. It's really hard because it's not leaving your family. You see, I live in England. My family is back in Kosovo. And it is different because it's peace. At war time is different because every shooting you hear, you don't know if anybody got hit or not. And if that anybody could be anybody in your family. So it is horrible. And seeing David here, having his family taken away, his friends turned against him, trying to stone him. I think, man, what are you going to do now? I mean, surely you hit the wall. But the Lord so finds himself, he strengthens himself, he encourages himself. And you see, at this point you think, See, if I was in the position of God, just I'm not, but just if I was, I would say, David, really? All the things that I've done for you, I've seen you going through, killing Goliath, and doing all these mighty works through you, and you decided to leave, go to the country of Philistines for 16 months, and now that you find yourself in a bottom, you're coming to me saying that, Lord, I want to strengthen myself in you. Sorry, mate, but it is your mess. Sort it out. But our God is not like that. Our God is, doesn't, doesn't say, sort it out. He has sorted it for us. And as at the moment that David turns back to the Lord, the Lord strengthens him straight away. Now, how would you strengthen yourself in the Lord? I mean, what do you do? Well, I, I'm assuming one of the things I believe David did was probably singing to the Lord, worshipping him. How about that? He was a songwriter. He would write songs and praise the Lord and that would draw him closer to the Lord. But probably not only that, if you just look back into his life, you would see that everything the Lord has done, how, how, how happy he was with the Lord. And... Uh, even in all the situation when princes of Philistines reject him, they're actually doing him a favor because if he would be fighting there, who knows what, how long the fighting would take place. could be months. So Amalekites, would, his wives and his families and his men's families would probably never be found again. But the Lord says, David, it is time. Go back. And when he, when he strengthens himself in the Lord, he's... Straight away he starts talking to the Lord. He says, Lord, what do you want me to do? Shall I pursue them? And I'll read them in a minute, those two, two next verses. But strengthening the Lord. I'm just going to tell you something that I find myself. is not a formula. It's not a way to do it. But I find really encouraging myself. Uh, there is just, just a quick uh, story or what happened at work. Uh, there is a lady I have worked with her since I've been working this job for eight, nine years, ten. And I've shared with her so many times, but open, not so. And two weeks ago, I, I met, came up, you know, I had to work with her again after, I don't know, a year or so. And I started sharing with her again. And she said that she was going to Butlins. And I said, because she reads lots of books. I said, why don't you just take the Bible? Just take the Bible and read it and see what the, 
and she said, okay, I'm going to go to Butlins. They have Bibles in there, and I'm going to read the Bible. So she went. And then that was the previous week. She comes back this week. And I wasn't feeling very great. I was feeling a bit, I was even saying to Sarah, I don't know, something is not right on Monday, Sunday afternoon, Monday. And then on Tuesday, I was working with a lady again. I was thinking, if I just ask her, did you read the Bible because you promised you were going to read it? Lord, how do I do this? I want to really speak to her. And I wasn't feeling great. And then she asked me a question. She, she was saying that she's going to go to her mum, because her mum is there, to bring to the grave to put some flowers. And she said to me, have you thought when you die, would you like to be buried or... And I was thinking, I had a piece of paper in my hand. And she said to her, would it matter if I take this piece of paper and burn it or bury it in the ground? I said, would it make any difference? She said, no. I said, well, that's the body. She said, but I find it interesting. She said, the people worry. They pay for their bodies when they die. They make everything ready for the body that hasn't got life anymore. And yet they don't care about the eternity. They don't care about their souls. They don't care about their... The presence of they're going to go into in front of the Lord. They said they don't care about this, but they worry about what's going to happen to my body when I die. It's going to be dead. Well, it's going to be dead. <laughs> and uh, when I said that, I could see I, I wasn't thinking of myself anymore. I, I forgot about myself. I didn't. I forgot that I wasn't feeling that great the day before and just moaning and complaining and forgot all about it. It was like something. It's lively inside. And she said, oh, by the way, I read the Bible when I went to Butlins. She said, oh, that's good. She said, well, I don't remember anything I read. Said, well, maybe try a little bit. She said, there were two people starting with S. I said, Samuel, Samson? No, I don't know. There was two people with S and a sacrifice, three S's. And then it just popped in my mind, King Saul... Samuel and the sacrifice. I, I felt like uh, Philip and the Ethiopian <laughs> explaining things. And then I, because I have done that, that with you guys here and with kids, and it was quite fresh in my mind. And I explained to her the sacrifice, the not waiting of uh, Saul, the, the Israelites asking for a king, trying to be like the world. And I had a really good conversation with her. And she tells me that she has a daughter that's not, it's a bit disabled. And uh, she believes, she's, she says, the reason she believes my daughter is because she's afraid of hell. I said, well, that's good. That's a good reason to, to, to believe. I'm afraid of hell. I don't want to go to hell either. So we had a really good conversation. And after that, I found myself really strengthened and encouraged in the Lord. I wasn't thinking about myself. I wasn't going to put myself in that bottom bit, thinking, oh, poor me, and trying to... I don't know, do things in my own way and trying to make myself happy somehow. That really helped me. And I have found so many times when I feel depressed, when I feel, I'm not feeling depressed, when I feel low. <laughs> I find myself sharing the good news with the people. It does really help. Now, I'm not saying that that will work for all of you, but you could always try it. <laughs> so, yeah. David turns to the Lord. He encourages himself, he strengthens himself. And then I'm going to read the next two verses, 
and see what the Lord does when we turn to him. Then David said to Abiathar the priest, Ahimelech's son, Please bring the effort here to me. And Abiathar brought the effort to David. So David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I pursue this troop? Shall I overtake them? And he answered him, Pursue, for you shall surely overtake them, and without fail recover all. God didn't take a second straight away. Yes, I'm right here. Lord, yes. And then David starts speaking to the Lord. It's beautiful. He doesn't just go and says a prayer. I'm done my duty by God. I see you next day. He starts chatting to him. And the Lord says, yes, pursue them. And you shall recover everything. It's amazing. Now, I am going to talk about this Amalekites just a little bit. Amalekites, the guys that took over the families of David and burned the Ziggler the city of Ziggler. In the Bible, they represent the flesh. Now, if you, if you see, David has taken his men, gone to the war, they left the city unguarded, protected. And Amalek took advantage of it. He took advantage and he went and attacked. So, it is, it is the same for us. When we don't guard our hearts, when we don't guard ourselves, when we just think, oh, we are fine, the flesh will attack, and if not careful, try and take over. So, be careful. Don't let Amalek, don't let the flesh be in charge. Otherwise, you know, just try always, as, as David did, just strengthen ourselves. May we be the ones that strengthen ourselves in the Lord. I'm just going to read a verse to you if I find it. Yeah. First Peter one thirteen. I'm going to read you. Therefore, geared up the loins of your mind, be sober, and rest your hope fully upon the grace that is to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. And uh, I'm going to read Hebrew four fifteen and sixteen. It says, for we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are yet without sin. Now 16 says, Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. So let us approach boldly to the throne of God and be afraid because fear doesn't come from the Lord. But be, be strong in the Lord because He is faithful. I think this is all I can think of the Lord wants me to say today. <laughs> May the Lord bless you. I'm just going to close in prayer and maybe bubble. Thank you, Lord, for your word, Lord. And I pray, Lord, that this short message, Lord, will speak to our hearts, Lord. And I pray, Lord, that we, we are those, Lord. Make us those that trust in you. Make us those people, Lord, that encourage ourselves in you and follow you, Lord Jesus. Thank you for all your blessings and all your kindness and foreseen us through all our lives. Jesus, amen.